You're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Now here's your host, Chris McPherson. Hello, everyone, and indeed, welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast. The off-season schedule is off and running and to help break down everything that's going on with the Eagles from the search for a new head coach to uh, what happened in the playoffs over the weekend to a look at some possible roster decisions that have to come on the horizon. I've got my man, Fran Duffy. Fran? Gentlemen, how was the weekend? Outstanding weekend. Mr. Well, Alex Smith as well. Uh, congratulations on the win over the uh, Houston Texans. Yeah, anything, you know, just do what I had to do to, uh, <laughs> to help the team win. You know, it's not always flashy, but uh, got the job done. Good weekend. Uh, I was a little remiss that on Saturday evening, I was thinking to myself, man, this should be the time when we should be getting ready for the Eagles playoff game. That thought was crossing my mind. Yeah, I, th- I thought of it too because in 2013, the game against the Saints, that was a Saturday. Correct? It was Saturday a Saturday night. prime yeah. time game, yeah. So when the Saturday night game was coming on, I, I, it just sparked that memory in my head of getting ready for that game and the atmosphere at the link and all that good stuff. So Certainly, and thinking of like rally towels and this, that, and the other, I was just like, man, this should be the time for the Eagles to uh, get into it. But we're going to break it all down here on the podcast. Uh, Alex has an interesting game time he told us to bring a pen and paper so i don't know what so that means if you are not driving get a pen and paper so that you can also play along correct correct yes uh the reason for the pen and paper is that instead of going back and forth that we normally do you guys are gonna have to answer at the same time and then compare answers all right got it so that's what that's for it's not like the newlywed game or something is it we'll see you know searching for a head coach or trying to find the perfect match so could be uh a little bit of an apropos comparison. Oh, indeed. Alive. For Eagles fans, it is a time to be alive. No question about it. Uh, and then your question on mailing it in. Uh, obviously, a lot about the coaching search uh, and some key questions that the Eagles will have to answer when it comes to making the final candidate. Uh, again, the Eagles entire podcast drops every Monday in the offseason. Eagle Eye in the Sky with Fran Duffy is on Tuesdays. Yeah. And during to the draft presented by AAA... Comes your way each and every Wednesday. And uh, at this time, it's a week from now. You guys will be in Florida? We will be in Florida at this time, a week from now. So it'll uh what a time. good times ahead. Trying games, Super Bowl, lots of fun. It's all coming down the pipe. Well, that means that this is our last uh, Eagles Insider until after the games. <laughs> as soon as I promote the off-season schedules in full effect now, it's like, well, we're going to have to be on hold. For after, those t- after those two weeks, of course. I'm not going to carry the show by myself. We could call in, couldn't we? No, I'll let you no, guys. We couldn't no. call in. I'll let you guys do your thing. Fine. From Florida and Mobile, Alabama. So, uh, make sure to rate and comment wherever you consume your podcast. And uh, thank you very much for the continued support and the comments. Let's get into the action. It's our three now segment featuring the hottest things surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles. One, two, three, three. Three is a magic number. Now it's time for three and out. All right, so each and every week on Eagles Inside Podcast, we kick things off with three and out. Each of us, Fran, Alex, and I will delve into a certain topic relating to the Eagles. And uh, Alex, I'm going to let you have the honors to start things off discussing the Eagles and free agency. More importantly, the Eagles' own free agents, the players scheduled to hit the market this March. 
Right. Uh, the free agent period, obviously, uh, a couple months away here. Still a lot of things to, a lot of things to get to uh, before that time comes around. But it's always a good time to start thinking about these things. Obviously, the, the team has been thinking about this for, for a long time and planning out their future and which directions they're going to go in. But just looking at the list, nine unrestricted free agents for the Eagles, two restricted players. I'll just run through the whole list really quickly. Shea Azir, Tutu, EJ Biggers, Sam Bradford, Nolan Carroll, Vinny Curry, Najee Good, Thad Lewis, Cedric Thornton, and Walter Thurman. And then the two restricted players are David Mulk and Matt Tobin. And for me, when I'm going through these lists, this list of players, I try to prioritize, in my opinion, who would be you know the most pertinent guys to bring back? Who do you turn your attention to first when you're going towards free agency? And it's obvious, but Sam Bradford is the number one name on that list. Just look at the playoff games, and we'll talk about those later on in the show, but quarterback play in the playoffs especially is huge. So if you're the Eagles, obviously when a new head coach comes in, you have to decide who your quarterback's going to be, and Sam Bradford is going to be one of the top names on the quarterback market this year. Number two, I look at Vinny Curry. Vinny Curry's a guy who's done a lot of good things for this team. He's played sparingly, but you know, there's all this talk about 4-3 versus 3-4. If the Eagles go to a 4-3, that could mean more playing time, more snaps for Vinny Curry. And I think the fact is with Vinny that when he gets in there, he makes plays. I think he's the best pure pass rusher on this team. So I'm looking forward to see what the team does with Vinny Curry. Up next, I look at Walter Thurmond. And you know, the Eagles defense, sure they had some flaws this year, but I think we can say that safety play was not one of them. Malcolm Jenkins and Walter Thurman, for the most part, had a really solid year. I think the two of them paired really well together. So I would like to see what the team does with Walter Thurman. Said Thornton's a guy who's just Mr. Consistent with this team. Doesn't always do a lot that really sticks out, but when it comes to run stopping, he's just as solid as you can get. And that defensive line, while they do have a lot of depth, obviously there's players like Taylor Hart, Brandon Bear, Bo Allen, those guys, but said Thornton has done some really good things on the defensive line. And then Nolan Carroll is another really interesting name to me, and that's because of the emergence of Eric Rowe late in the season. Because early on, I I think Nolan Carroll in his first year starting with the Eagles on the outside was really consistent. He had that pick six against Eli Manning and the Giants on Monday night. But once Nolan Carroll got hurt in the Detroit game, Eric Rowe really stepped his game up. I think he got better in every game as the season progressed. So what do they do with Rowe, Nolan Carroll? I'll be really interested to see. And then the two restricted guys, just a couple, uh, Mulk and Tobin, two depth players, I think, on the offensive line. Tobin obviously was forced to start this year after Andrew Gardner went down. But if you're looking for depth on the offensive line, I think that uh, those two could come in to play but guys that's my order I think Bradford is the top priority Vinny Curry number two and you guys can uh, feel free to agree or disagree I actually really agree with your order your, your top five I think is pretty solid the one thing I would add too First of all, I 100% agree on Vinny Curry that he should be number two. And I think it's closer to Bradford than I think a lot of people would say. I think that he's certainly the top pass rusher on this team outside of Fletcher Cox, of course, from from the inside uh, defensive line position. I really do think that Vinny Curry, ultimately, when it's all said and done, I think he'll be here. I, I'm really, very excited about what Vinny can be uh, moving forward. And then the other big thing, too, with Nolan Carroll, for, people forget last year what his role was as a dime package player sure. uh, and what he can do inside as well. I think that he can present a certain amount of matchup problems in terms of being able to match up with receivers with tight ends with running backs out of the backfield he did some really good things in 2014 I would be really surprised to see him walk out the door as well so you know I think you can bring him back have that versatility to play inside outside can do some good things for this defense no question Bradford's gonna be the big question obviously you need to figure who's gonna be the head coach first and foremost what kind of offensive scheme are they gonna run how would Bradford fit into that because it looks like outside of Pat Shermer and who knows what scheme Pat Shermer would probably bring to the table because I think he would alter some things from Chip right. Kelly last couple of years. Bradford is once again going to have to learn another system, and that's something that he did not want to do. That's one of the reasons he was enticed to stay in Philadelphia. The price tag, it's going to be up there sure. no matter what. So those are some of the questions that the Eagles are going to have to answer. But Vinnie Curry, 
Lurie, to me, once Chairman and CEO Jeffrey Lurie name dropped him during the press conference discussing the decision to release Chip Kelly of his duties as head coach, that signaled to me they want to get something done. Yep. You don't have him as one of the franchise guys mm -hmm. that you're basically listing there unless you have some intention, some serious intention of bringing him back. Yep. Agree totally on Thurman to go into the season and think that safety would not be an issue, I think is one of the bright spots of this 2015 season that you sure. finally have a solution there after many years of unrest. Um, Thornton's going to be interesting because I think the defensive line scheme could play a factor into it. Certainly he has played 4-3 in his career here with the Eagles. Mm -hmm. He seems to have found a home as a 3-4 defensive end. He's not an explosive pass rusher, very good stopping the run. Would you want that and would you want to pay for that with young guys like Bo Allen and Taylor Hart already on the roster? And I think Nolan Carroll, who started the Week 17 game? against the Giants. Byron Maxwell was out. Jalen Watkins was out. Nolan Carroll was done for the season with the ankle fracture. You know, you need depth there. So even if you have Maxwell and Rowe, maybe say as your starters, Biggers is a free agent. You know, he had some valuable playing time down the stretch. You need to make sure you have depth at the position. I would wholeheartedly endorse Carroll being back next season. And another interesting name on the list, if I had to go with number six, would probably be Najee Good. I think Najee Good's a player, especially on special teams. You know, a lot of the special teams players kind of fly under the radar. The same could be said for Azure Tutu as well. They don't play that much on offense or defense on their respective sides of the ball. But as far as special teams go, those are two key players in that side of the ball. All right, so up next, Fran Duffy. Going to talk about the wild card results and what a wild weekend. Thank you. Thank you, B2. Didn't give love to uh, Brian Thomas, Chris Stevens, behind the scenes. And I believe Chris Stevens' final show, his campaign with the Eagles, is coming to a close. We don't know. To be determined. We'd love to have you around, even though he's silent right now. So, uh, Wildcard weekend. I believe I was two of four with my predictions. And I was probably almost one of four, in fact. If uh, Rough weekend. If Minnesota had... Kick the field goal. I was so close. I was so close to going four for four. I, Blair Walsh makes the 27-yard field goal. I go four for four. I believe I did go four for four. I believe so. I, I, may, have gone, I may have gone four for. Okay. But, um, but the four for that you picked, you picked all the, so if you picked all the road teams, that was kind of the chalk. It was the first time it's ever happened in yeah. history. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was obviously a great weekend of football. And, uh, you know, it was funny. C-Mac and I were kind of both thinking the same thing coming out of the weekend. We're talking about what we're going to talk about in the show today. And one of the things I want to talk about was some of the lessons learned. And you look around the, the teams that are still available now, the, the elite eight of the NFL 2015 season you know you, you talk about denver new england kansas city pittsburgh and the afc carolina arizona green bay and seattle and the nfc and what do all these teams have in common clearly and we touched on it earlier already alex was the the quarterback play and the steady quarterback play you've got you know tom brady and ben roethlisberger cam newton obviously having a, an outstanding season aaron Rodgers, russell wilson carson palmer alex smith uh, has, has played well you know for what he is he has played very well he's played an efficient football for them and you can see okay what, what is the winning formula starting with a coach and a quarterback and look at the coaches that are available some of the best names in the profession are still out there right now uh you know playing for a super bowl and you talk about the belichicks and you know the the pete carrolls and the bruce arians and the andy reed and mike tomlin all these guys are still out there competing for a lombardi trophy so you really it starts that quarterback and, and coach combination and then after that it really there's so many different ways you can win in the nfl but there's always those certain statistics that really kind of tell a story for a winning team and it's always been the turnover ratio has always been huge and you look at this past season the top five teams that finished in the top five in terms of turnover ratio all five made the playoffs carolina had plus 20 kansas city was plus 14 
Cincinnati was plus 11, Arizona at plus nine, and New England at plus seven. When you finish in the in the plus territory for uh, for the turnover ratio, you're gonna go for you're gonna win more games than you're gonna lose, and in that and that turned out to be the case this weekend. You look at Jeremy Hill and the impact that that fumble had at the end of the Pittsburgh Steelers game, allowing Pittsburgh to to pull ahead. And then also everyone talks about the Blair Walsh field goal, the missed field goal, and obviously look, it's a chip shot. You want to make that play, and special teams obviously, obviously absolutely has a big part of, of whether you win or lose a game. But the Adrian Peterson fumble, right, but right beforehand, and he said today that you know he took a lot of the blame for it, and you know, and obviously, look, that that was a huge play in the game. You got to protect the football, Brian Hoyer. You can ask Cincinnati or right now, or uh, you can ask Houston right now how they're feeling right now about that quarterback situation. Kansas City able to take advantage of what was it, four interceptions from Brian Hoyer? I think that turnover ratio, defense wins championships as well. The the, the best defensive teams, I think it was seven of the top. 10 teams in terms of total defense this year ended up making the playoffs so there are certain statistics that you can point to across the NFL landscape in terms of trying to tell the story of how a team can succeed I just think going to the Saturday night game how ugly that ending was to that game with Vontez perfect and Adam Jones and even you can say Joey Porter and the Steelers coaching staff at the same time to transition from how disgraceful that ending was to how beautiful the Minnesota-Seattle game was. For those of you who love defensive football, yeah. that was an emotional, well-played, well-executed game. You know, obviously Minnesota should have had the game, but if you're Minnesota, you're thinking you have a bright, bright future because Teddy Bridge did not crack under no. that scenario, under that pressure situation, driving them down the field and getting them in position for that chip shot field goal. He did everything that you would want out of a young quarterback making a his first career start. So I know, Alex, you've been high on him throughout the process, but very, very impressive. Young defense that's on the rise. You know, you have to feel good if you're a Vikings fan, even though, obviously, today it's just very ugly looking back at that game. Well, well, Alex is Alex is very high on Bridgewater because he reminds him in some ways of himself. Being able to drive his team down, very efficient <laughs> quarterback play. They struggle to reach the end zone. I, I thought you were talking about my bubble ball skills for a second, oh, well, which is kind of, yeah. it's pretty similar. If, well, there you go. If I could say so myself. You know, I think that overall is that you don't necessarily need that game breaker at the quarterback but as someone that's again you kind of goes hand in hand with a turnover ratio someone that's not going to kill you if, you if you have steady quarterback play uh which sam bradford showed that he can be that kind of guy in the final eight games of the season uh, that can take you a long way all right so transitioning now to what's going on with the eagles coaching search and as we record this on monday morning we know that the confirmed candidates to this point have been the internal ones deuce daly pat Shermer, the external candidates Adam Gase gets a job in Miami. You have Ben McAdoo, Doug Peterson interviewed on Sunday in Kansas City. I know a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of the reporters were wondering, why was the interview so short? A lot of these interviews have been going eight, nine hours. I think it was around shortly after one o'clock that the Eagles announced that they had concluded the interview with Peterson. Well, there's rules in place because of the fact that the Chiefs are still in the playoffs. They had a limited time window mm-hmm. in which they could actually speak with them. Certainly the familiarity with Peterson helps in this in this instance, but nonetheless, that's why that one was shorter than some of the others. And it is reported, the Eagles have not confirmed it to this point, that former New York Giants and Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Tom Coughlin will meet with the team on Monday. To me, to this point, it seems like the Eagles have covered all the bases. You've gotten the up-and-coming assistants. You could put Peters in that category, Gase in that category. You could put, I would say you put Deuce Staley in that category. The Eagles are very high on him and his future. You've gotten someone in Shermer who can kind of maintain, the closest to maintaining a status quo. I think just by the one game he did coach, that he would obviously make his own tweaks to the program. There would be changes, and I think we saw a small glimpse of it, and that was just in a few days' time, but someone who can provide some continuity and someone who obviously knows the landscape of having coached here for many, many years and worked under some great coaches during his time. And then you have someone, if indeed Coughlin interviews, 
you know, that's a program builder. He's the winningest coach in Jaguars history. Took him to two AFC Championship game appearances. We all know what he's done with the Giants, guiding them to two Super Bowls. Someone who can come in and lay the foundation. I don't think he's your long-term guy. He's not going to be the Andy Reid guy who's going to be here for 14 seasons, per se. But I think he can definitely get the ship going back in the right direction. The question now is, which of these guys does Chairman CEO Jeffrey Lurie want to go with? The real interesting name to me of all these guys is Shermer. And, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, they want they want change. If you're, if you're going to release your head coach, then why not just start new and bring in a whole new staff and all that? But Shermer is really interesting to me. And I don't think that we should judge him solely off of that Week 17 game. Obviously, it was great no. to go out there and get the win. You like the little adjustments that you saw here or there that he was only able to do in one week with the team. But you mentioned continuity and, you know, having a relationship with the players, having a firsthand experience of here's what we did and here's what we could have done differently rather than bringing in you know a whole new face and a whole new coaching staff and a whole new system. You have someone who's been here, who's seen it, who knows what worked well, who knows what the players liked and what the players didn't like. It's it's a very intriguing possibility. Pat Shermer is a very intriguing candidate to me. And again, a lot of fans will say, you know, out with the old, bring in somebody new. But to me, if, if Pat Shermer gets the job, I'd, I'd be pretty excited about that. I think that two of the interesting points about Doug Peterson and about Pat Shermer that you can bring up are obviously two guys that have come up in traditional offenses, you know, especially under Andy Reid and the West Coast principles and a lot of pro style concepts, but both have had a lot of exposure to some of those spread concepts as well. And those hurry up and tempo concepts where, you know, Pat Shermer has seen it this over the last three years now with Chip Kelly and Doug Peterson, they've done a lot of different things in Kansas City. It's not the, that that offense they're running right now is not the offense that they ran in Philadelphia three years ago. There's a lot of you know pistol and zone read and different kinds of misdirection elements that we didn't see here when Andy Reid was with the Eagles. So I think that with both of those guys, you have a good mix of the pro style, but then also you know the quote unquote college concepts as well that have proven to be very effective uh, in the NFL. At the end of the day, the most important thing is the leadership aspect yep. because it's not just the schemes. Yes, the schemes are going to be important, but you need to bring in the right assistant coaches to get everyone on the same page. You need a guy who's going to set the tempo. And I'm not talking about hurry up or anything like that. I'm just setting the tone for the entire organization. So at the end of the day, that's the type of guy who you need to find. You need that CEO type who's going to get everyone on the same page and rally everyone toward the same cause. So I think that's going to do it for us here in our three and out section. A little bit later, your questions on mailing in, but it's time for Alex Smith to shine. It's game time. Get out your scorecards. It's game time. C-Mac, you said that it's time for me to shine, but this is really your opportunity to shine, C-Mac and Fran, where you guys can show off just how much you know about this Philadelphia Eagles team. Today's game is Who Am I? And the way this game will work, I will read off three statements. These are taken from the player's bio pages from the official Eagles media guide, and you guys will get a chance to write down your answers. We'll have about three to five, five seconds, we'll say five seconds to write down your answers and then we'll compare. So I have seven of these and whoever gets the most right wins. You all guys right. get the rules? Right, Simple good. concept. Easy enough. Yeah. All right. First one. First one. Again, these are all taken from the Eagles official media guide. Is there an unofficial one somewhere? Yes, I'm working on it. Number one, my family spends every Christmas Eve by eating hot dogs, one of the most treasured traditions in my family. I have said that if any actor would play me in a movie, it would be Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond because we have a deep voice. And I was a two-time academic, all Big Ten. Who am I? You guys have five seconds to write down your answers, and then we will compare. Ready to go? I think I'm ready. Yeah, Let's reveal them. Who wants to go first? I have Dennis Kelly. Fran? I have Matt Tobin. Dennis Kelly is correct. Ah. 
C-Mac is on the board. Did not know the first two. It was the last one, the all-academic Big Ten. I knew yes. that Kelly was that. You knew he was that. You didn't know that he eats hot dogs every Christmas. I did Christmas not know family. that one. No. He, I didn't know that until I went through the until I combed through the uh, media guide today. It's an interesting, uh, interesting twist on the seven fish dinner of Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they do seven different kind of hot dogs. <laughs> I'd be all for that. I know. I, I do seven fishes Christmas Eve. I'll do seven hot dogs. And what was the second? Day. What was the second note? It was uh, if any actor would play me in a movie, oh, it would Brad be Brad Garrett, Garrett okay. uh, because yeah. they share a deep, deep voice. voice. Okay. Uh, number two, my father played 135 games in the NFL. I recorded my first career interception in 2015. And when I was in high school, I spent a sum- I spent summer vacation as a ball boy for the New York Giants. Good. Guys ready to go? Yep. I think All we right. both got this one. This Fran, you can reveal this one this first. A, this would be Ed Reynolds. Ed Reynolds. Ed Reynolds is correct. That's one point for each of you. <clears throat> number three, I helped lead Bishop Gorman High School to a Nevada State title in 2005. I played both offense and defense in high school, recording three sacks and two picks while playing defensive back, and I graduated with a college degree in communications. Five-second countdown. Fran? Uh, Walter Thurmond. Incorrect. C-Mac? DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray is correct. The giveaway there was the Nevada State title. Excellent. Bishop Gorman. DeMarco Murray hailing from Las Vegas, Nevada. C-Mac with a 3-1 to one lead through three questions. We have uh, four left. Number four. I have a brother whose first name rhymes with my own. My grandfather was a seventh overall pick in the 1975 NFL draft and a sprinter for Team USA in the Olympics. And I also played basketball and ran track in high school, leading to my versatile ways. Who am I? Five seconds. Five. Two. <laughs> one. And Fran? Uh, Fran's struggling to write down his name. C-Mac's right been now. very quick with these. He's gone through the media guide, I think. Uh, uh, Zach Ertz. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> what would rhyme? What would rhyme with Zach Ertz? I said his first name rhymes. <laughs> I guess it could be Jack, Jack Ertz. Zach Ertz. <laughs> He's got his brother Jack. You guys Zach Ertz. C Mac, who you got? Uh, his grandfather competed in the Munich Olympics. Uh, it was Trey Burton. Correct. Trey. So right Clay position. Right position, yeah, you're not too far off. Another yeah. point for C-Mac. He's up four to one. Number five. This one is an interesting one. I have 21 career transactions listed on my player bio page. I saw my most career playing time in 2013 when I started five games for an AFC East team, and I helped my college football program get back on the map, though my school isn't traditionally thought of as a football powerhouse. Would you guys like me to read those again? 21 career transactions, most playing time in 2013 with an AFC East team, and helped get my school's football program back on the map. I know you guys why, good to go? I know, good I know to go? why we both looked at Jared Weir on the first, the yeah. first one. I rebounded in time. All right. C-Mac, who you got? Who's your dad? Rad dad, Thad Lewis. Correct. Uh, Fran, what'd Alan, you write down? Alan Barber. That is incorrect. C-Mac is running away uh, with this one. No, 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 what no, was, no, no. What was the joke nickname that we came up with? Who's your... Uh, it was Big Bad, Big Bad, Rad Dad, Don't Be Mad, it's Thad Lewis. Yeah. Yes. My reaction. You thought it, so you thought that it was Julian Vandervelde when course. I said 21 yes. career transactions. Yeah, little, I was like, wait a second, that's right around Vandervelde. A little curveball for you there. All right, two left. Like DeMarco Murray earlier, I also played offense and defense in high school, intercepting eight passes as a senior. I have a pet beagle named Throwback, and my welcome to the NFL moment came on Thanksgiving Day in 2014 when I scored a touchdown to help the Eagles beat the Cowboys. Who am I? Uh, Five seconds. Is it? Do you uh, write yours down? See, Mac? Is it Jordan Matthews? Correct. Yay. Jordan Matthews, Jordan yes. Matthews. You guys both got it. Very well done. 
C-Mac with a 6-2 to two lead heading into the final question. Fran, I, I don't think you can win take, this, this one. This is the winner-take-all question, right? We can play can that, that, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, one, this one's worth five points. There you go. It's the, uh, <laughs> the, the grand finale. I'm more athletic than you might think. As I, Thomas. As, as I played hockey, lacrosse, and ran track and field in high school, my first job was at a mom-and-pop pizza and pasta restaurant where I still go every time I get a chance to go back home. And here's the kicker. I played bass guitar from 7th through ninth grade for a band called The Unzipped, and we were the undisputed winners of the 8th grade talent show. You guys both have your answers? Yeah. All right. Fran, we'll uh, come to you first. Bo Allen. Bo Allen is correct. So, C-Mac, what did you write down? Unfortunately, I wrote the same thing. Oh, I thought Fran might get the comeback win there if we made that worth five points. Bo Allen is correct. So so this was off the official Eagles media guide. Correct. All these stats can be found online on the Eagles. Can we do the guide. unofficial one with the one, the media guy that's produced by like EDP and Zomp <laughs> and, and all those guys? I might have a better shot, shot at that one. Well, I'd have to do some research and really <laughs> dig through those archives. I don't know if I want to. Zompy might be able to come through for me. <laughs> Give me some hints. Uh, this is a good one. This is a good one to play at home, though. It's actually yes. a very good one for those playing at home. Uh, so C-Mac like came away with seven points. So C-Mac got everyone right. Is that correct? Well, six, and you said the last one was five, so it's actually eleven. Okay. Okay. But did what you get did you get every question right? You did. I did. Wow. C-Mac got I everyone live, right. Ringer. I live the official. Yeah, media didn't he guide. write the media guide? This is. I was gonna say no. No, the the <laughs> OPR write writes it, but he writes everything <laughs> else. Yeah, but these were like the obscure facts from it. I I didn't like pick like. You still know, read easy it. stuff. The uh, Jordan Matthews one I knew off the Beagle name throwback. Really? Yes. There was a giveaway there with the, the NFL moment being Certainly. on Thanksgiving Day. But I, I already had my answer written at that point. How about Jordan Matthews? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you clearly don't even listen to the interview. I do. I, I, do. <laughs> I know that C-Mac uh, interviewed Thad Lewis and that uh, him and Thad got really close over uh, Duke basketball and Duke football. I know all that stuff. Good job, guys. Cannonball! Don't worry. When... We will do. Could go for a pool party right now. When we do France scouting reports on players, that yeah. will be a good one. If this was like draft prospect trivia, I'm sure that and Fran would Fran know more. Run away with, and we will have that. Don't worry. But that's we'll, that's we'll, on the Journey to Draft podcast presented by AAA. Come Wednesday. Yes, we'll we'll get to that eventually. But uh, good job, guys. C Mac comes away victorious, and uh, we'll move on to uh, mailing it in. Captain, incoming message. Please check your mailbox. A new message has arrived. And now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in our segment, Mailing It In. All right, so for the final segment of this week's edition of the Eagles Entire Podcast, we'll get to your questions and uh, some good ones. Obviously, the coaching search, the big topic on everyone's minds, what's going to happen, and uh, some good questions regarding that. And uh, the first one I'll start off with, this was actually uh, one that just came in right before we came down to start recording. And it comes from Matthew, goes by at Jaja380 on Twitter, and wants to know, shouldn't we aggressively pursue Kevin Sumlin of Texas A&M since this isn't a rebuild, in Chairman CEO Jeffrey Lurie's own words, and he runs the same system? And so my initial thought when I saw it is, logically, <laughs> Makes sense. I didn't dismiss it that quickly, Brian Thomas. <laughs> um, but my thinking was, this was something that Lurie brought up during his press conference that when he talked about the decision to go away from Chip Kelly, and he said that there are players here. We talked about Vinnie Curry already, Fletcher Cox, 
who can play multiple schemes. It's not you're not just tailoring it to one scheme, and you go offensively. Guys like you know Zach Ertz and you know the young prospects they have, Jordan Matthews. It's not you have to have a certain scheme to fit these guys in. You can have a coach come in and plug these guys and and build a scheme that'll fit the strengths of these guys. It's not like they were all brought in here just because of what Chip Kelly wanted to do on offense. And there was actually a report, I think it was Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, that said uh, that mentioned Kevin Sumlin's name maybe that you know at the beginning of the coaching search that they may have considered him. I think they considered him for the job back uh, when Chip Kelly was hired. Yes, they did in 2013. Um, but the, the real question is, do you want the same system? Just because he runs it now at Texas A&M, do you, do you want to go back to that? Do you want to keep things the way they are? Or do you want to, you know, make things different and you know try to go away from that uh so that's the interesting thing to me um i like kevin sumlin i, I like what he's done at texas a&m but um I, the fact that you know you're not hearing too much about him uh, it doesn't really surprise me and there's also the fact that they don't run the same system it's a, a similar and up tempo and everything and but it's very the, kevin sumlin is very much pass based whereas chip kelly's was very much run based but um yeah similar in a lot of ways all right so you know, you just don't want to say it's a short-sighted thing on my part. Just say we need a certain guy that runs a specific scheme. Sure, sure. Ideally, that's why you know I could see why Adam Gase was such a hot commodity is because he's worked with different quarterbacks and has been able to build different offenses. And as we talked about some of the other candidates, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this podcast has just exploded. There are people who are listening to this for the first time and wondering, how do they have this as one of their drops? Do you think, uh, do you think Adam Gase has listened to this yet? <laughs> it's still a good song. Oh, man. Next question comes from a longtime fan of the podcast. Should ask him if his, how to actually pronounce his name. I'm assuming Jean is how you pronounce it. I am Jean24 on Twitter. He's seeing the candidates who have been out there, and he says, why are the Eagles clearly going after offensive minds? Why haven't candidates such as Sean McDermott, Paul Gunther been interviewed? There's more talent right now on defense. And <laughs> Fran is writing, oh, jeez. That's perfect. I, I, just, I just wrote down on my, I just wrote down on my piece of paper. <laughs> Uh, it Gase occurred to Ventura. me, Gase Ventura, pet detective. Oh, that's great. It's the, it's he could the... find a... <laughs> Fran, just go home now. You're not going to do anything else the rest of the day. It's it. productive. He could help find snowflakes with <laughs> Dolphin. <laughs> hey, if he can find Dan Marino, then they'll be in good shape. Um, what was the question? So <laughs> why, why are the Eagles going strictly after offensive-minded coaches? Why haven't guys like Sean McDermott have been brought in? And I just feel like... Jeffrey Lurie said that he's open to any and all candidates. These are just, I think it's purely coincidence. Why not a Sean McDermott? Look, who knows Sean McDermott better than the Eagles? So obviously if they wanted to bring him in, I feel like they would have. Sure. You know, they saw him rise as a scouting assistant to an assistant under Andy Reid to eventually become defensive coordinator. They certainly know what he's capable of and they know they've, Followed what he's done with Carolina. So, um, I mean, the fact that they didn't bring him in this past week shows, for whatever reason, I don't know the answer, that they don't have him ranked that high on the list. I mean, you haven't heard any buzz on him no. outside the building no. for, with regards to Philly. I know he did the one radio interview where he sold himself and did a great job. Um, and I think excited fans about 
his prospect, but for whatever reason, he's not on the list. Yeah, I th- like you said, I think offense, defense, I don't really think the Eagles are, are looking at it that way. They're just looking for, you know, and it sounds cliche, but they're looking for who the, the best leader is going to be, the best guy for the job. Um, and I don't think that, you know, they're going to say, you know, we're only looking for an offensive guy, we're only looking for a defensive guy. Um, so, so why haven't some of the defensive names been brought up? I, I don't know, but I think the Eagles... They have their list of candidates. They know who they want to look at, and it just so happens that the guys they've interviewed to this point have been offensive-minded. I mean, I know Paul Gunther, the Bengals' defensive coordinator, there was reports that the Eagles had asked for permission to mm-hmm. interview him. There's been nothing more on, on that front other than those reports. I'm trying to think of some of the other... There were rumors. There was some report about uh, Terrell Austin. Terrell Detroit. Austin was one, yeah. Sure. And that even that's quieted down, right. so yeah. to speak. So... Um, so to me, I think they just want to find they want to find the right guy. And to this point, the guys who Lurie has brought in have all been successful in one facet or another. A lot of people are going to say, "Well, what about Chip Kelly?" I mean, he did win ten games in his first two seasons and was the, I believe, the first rookie head coach in or second rookie NFL head coach to win a division title. So obviously, not the long term success that we all hoped for and envisioned, and ultimately not the playoff success that this city deserves, but still at least some semblance of success. Sure. All right. Uh, Eagles troll at Eagles troll, uh, Eagles troll the world on Twitter. How big of an advantage does the familiarity aspect give whether it's Doug Peterson or Pat Shermer in the context of Jeffrey Lurie's power sharing structure? And I don't think it gives them an advantage from the power sharing structure, the power structure aspect of it. I think they just know these candidates better. And this is something that Lou Riddick, who used to work in the Eagles front office, uh, brought up on Twitter over the weekend just saying, how do you have an interview with a guy for eight or nine hours and know that he's your guy to run the franchise, to be the CEO of your franchise? It's it's very, it's a difficult process. And he was just kind of um, taking aim at the interview process as a whole saying that there's entry-level coaches and scouts who go through tougher interview processes than this and I think he was more pointing to the Adam Gase situation in Miami that they pretty much had the one interview brought him right back and were ready to go on I know there have been some people in the local media in Philadelphia wondering is Adam Gase the guy who got away for the Eagles I think the Eagles wanted to go through the process to make sure they get the right guy Mm -hmm. and if if it risked them losing someone like Gase in the process, well, maybe he's just not the guy. Then so be it. Um, but I think it's just they know those guys better. I think you know a majority of the franchises have a structure where it's the coaching staff and player personnel work together. I don't think yeah. that's that's radically different. Right. I think it it helps. You know, Peterson and Shermer. It helps them that they have familiarity. Uh, with Jeffrey Lurie from a sense of just knowing them as a person, I think. I think any coach yeah. can come in for their interview and discuss, okay, well, this is what I like to do scheme-wise, and this is what I want out of my players and, and this and this and this. But you know, from seeing them on a daily basis and working with them for multiple years, you get to know the person, you, you know, not just what they say, but how they act and how people around them respond to them and, and you know how they communicate and how they relate with other people. Um, I think that's where it really comes in handy. So in a sense, maybe it's an advantage that way. Um, but I guess we'll see. Anything else, Francis? Fran? No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I think that, I think that Alex said everything. It's uh, it's a lot of different factors, and having the familiarity certainly helps. 
So I think that's going to do it. That's all of our questions. Uh, you know, some other ones are just kind of like, you know, who's a front runner between this guy and that guy, you know, at this point. I think we're going to know in due time in the next couple of days how this all shakes out. But that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. Special thanks once again, Ryan Thomas, doing a great job as always with the drops. Chris Stevens, if, if this is farewell, man, it's been quite a run. I'm sorry we don't have like a farewell package to uh, send you out on. So You did a lot of good work on that whiteboard today. Yes, you did. It was not used once. So again, this will drop every Monday. Of course, the next two weeks, unfortunately, it will not because Alex Smith and Fran Duffy will be on the road. Shrine game and senior ball. Boys. Beautiful uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. That's right. And then, and then Mobile, Alabama. Two places that I have never been. The beautiful Gulf Shores of Mobile. Can't wait to uh, see the sights. You know, it's gonna be great. Um, don't have too much fun without me. We'll try. Then we've got Indianapolis in a few weeks. We will have Indy. The, the triumvirate makes the trip out to the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> for Fran Duffy and Alex Smith, I'm Chris McPherson. Thank you once again for listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast.